So, Phil, for 2023, I feel like we need to clear the air on a very important issue. Okay, I, I feel like we're always cleaning the air, but okay, let's let's do it. Damn, racism again? I mean, racism always persists, is it not? But especially, so, you know how I mentioned that I saw Black Panther twice, and I yes. saw Wakanda Forever twice, FYI. Yes. But you yes. didn't make the effort to go see Shang-Chi in theaters. And you wait till streaming. And I've learned, I had learned to accept that, that you're all right, it's fine. You know, you had a dog. You put the dog's well, well being over that of the Chinese people. All right. <laughs> uh, I was able to accept that. But uh-huh. then you went out of your way to go see the uh, uh, Spider Man No Way Home in theaters. So uh-huh. it's like you made effort to go see the white Spider Man movie, but not the Chinese superhero movie. How did you, how did you uh, that, Phil? Uh, I, I went there not to support uh, Tom Holland, but the uh, Ned's Filipino grandmother, uh, who is of the AAPI community. So there you go. All right. Well, you know, Phil, I, I find that to be a blatant act of racism as defined by... Uh, you know, the, the idea of racism is taught to me by Twitter and Tumblr and people on that and in grad school from our from our uh, professors. Um, and I just want to say that, that you're as bad as the people who made the Chinese Exclusion Act. God damn, that's, that, is, that is a very big leap. How? how? I went there to support the, the grandma. Yeah, but you don't support the... The Chinese superhero movie. Also, you know, I'm not Filipino. I'm Chinese, so that doesn't mean anything to me. If it it makes you feel better, I watched uh, Shang Chi on uh, streaming twice. All right, because technically, you know, according to some people, that's Pacific Islander. That doesn't count. That's different from Asian. You know, (laughs) we're from Asia. Filipino is an island. Uh So you know, it's not the same thing. I mean. Yes, you're you're right. You're right, but like, isn't 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 it again bringing up Twitter? Right? Isn't it all a monolith? <laughs> but and then on top of that, to make your case worse, you also went and saw the white Doctor Strange movie. <laughs> so it's uh, like, to, that's why to, that to support the uh, the the native uh, Mexican girl in it uh, who played uh, American Chavez, America Chavez. Oh, but see, it's only when she's named America Chavez. America's in her name. That's when you finally go. Uh, no, because her 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 real name is is like crazy old school. And I'm like, yo, that is dope. Like, she know where she from. I'm out here. I'm I'm riding for I'm riding for her. All right. Well, in retaliation, Phil, I'm gonna skip the next black superhero movie in theaters. So, uh, who uh, is the next black super? So what? Creed three? That's not black superhero. He just he is to me. Okay. Uh, Static? Yeah, static. Oh, well, skip static. <laughs> oh, gosh. Or, oh, man, uh, if there would be a live-action static, that would be Or uh, Black Lightning? Yeah, I'll skip Black Lightning movie, which I'm sure is a real high up on the priority list. Uh, the way DC is moving, I think they're trying to believe that the Blue Beetle is in the same breath as Spider-Man. Cyborg? I'll skip the Cyborg movie. <laughs> <laughs> and, uh... You know, you know who else was in Spider-Man, right? And he was black. Shocker. Shocker. No, oh, no, no, not Shocker. Uh, Electro. 
Oh, alright, but I would think I, if, it was, if it's Jamie Foxx, I would see an Electro movie. But I'm talking about Spider-Man Homecoming, where one of the Vultures gang, well, oh, yes. Shocker Shock, played Shocker by was... the fantastic Pokeen Woodbine. And yes. if you like stuff with Shocker, you're, <laughs> you're going to like our comic today. <laughs> Woo. Uh, extremely roundabout. That that was. like I think we was that tap dancing in that for a little too long. Our, our shoes got a little muddy. Yeah. But we're talking about a comic with not just Shocker, but a bunch of other Marvel supervillains you've never heard of. Yes, because this is the spiritual successor to Amazing Spider-Man 2. So you remember uh, when Harry Osborn was walking down the hall and you see all like the special gadgets and stuff? Well, this book is not it. All right? It's <laughs> kind of close. Yep, but better. It would be better than that anyway. Oh, yeah, definitely, because that would have so bombed. That would have that been, been the original Morbius. So we're, t- <laughs> so we're talking... Uh... One of our favorite series. It's something we've wanted to do for a while, but we kept putting it off. But it's like, hey, we're out of ideas. Let's finally do this. <laughs> uh, the Superior Falls of Spider-Man, a Marvel series written by Nick Spencer, drawn by primarily Steve, Steve Lieber. Lieber. There are other artists that come on. Uh, colors by Rochelle Rosenberg, or she does most of the issues. And I recognize her. Oh, she also did the Nick Fury book we covered. Oh, with uh, with uh, E. Echo, yeah, Echo, James Robinson. So, so yes. Spirit Falls of Spider Man, uh, seventeen issues. I want to say, right? Yeah, seventeen issues. Uh, so, this three is volumes. Very kind of a cult classic Marvel book. It was never like a giant seller, uh, but it was so popular that uh, you know, it's in these characters have lived on and and showed up in other ways. Yes. How would you describe Superior Foes of Spider-Man, Phil, to the average person who doesn't know what... If you had to sell this book to someone, how would you describe Uh, Five of Spider-Man's villains get into hijink shenanigan trying to steal a portrait of Dr. Von Doom. (laughs) Uh, And these are like... We're not talking his famous, like, famous iconic villains. We're not talking Doc Ogg or Green Goblin. Or Venom, uh, these are. Venom, or these are these are like, I, I believe even lower than B list. These are like C C list. Yeah, B-list. like I only knew Shocker when I first read this book, and I only know Shocker from the cartoon. The rest of these other characters, I had no idea who they were. Yeah, I was like, who the hell is Speed Demon? Yeah, like, <laughs> we're Drive, we're Boomerang. It's like, wait, they have enough. They have their own Boomerang theme character that's not Captain Boomerang. Right, and I was like, yo, this is crazy, and I mean. His costume was pretty stupid. I would, I would, I would say. I'm not gonna hold you. Oh yeah, totally. It's that's kind of a joke. So what it is is like basically a book taking these loser characters and are teaming up, trying to be uh, better criminals, trying to be more effective criminals, and they're still losers. Yes. Uh, uh, I I would I'm say, say... Kind of like Secret Six, uh, or James Gunn's Suicide Squad, in that they're all kind of losers and. It's not as heartwarming as Suicide Squad. They don't learn to become. They don't really become friends. <laughs> yeah, no, they don't. They, if if anything, they like they they break up like the Beatles. But um, I would say it's more akin to uh, Secret Six. So this is, I guess, Marvel's equivalent to Secret Six. Then that's that's kind of yeah. Crazy. I don't think they were trying to cash in. I think it was just an organic idea. Yeah. Nick Spencer. I, I don't really know what was going on in Spider-Man books at this point. Uh, yeah, it was, like a spin-off it was, or something. 
it was yeah, it was a spinoff from uh Superior Spider Man. Um, that's why Superior Foes and like throughout the book people are like, Oh my god, Spider Man has changed. He's he's he doesn't joke anymore. And it's like he, he scares me now. So that, that was like a big thing in that. Yeah, because it was uh, Doc. For those who don't know, this is when Peter was dead, quote unquote, and Doc, Doc Ock took over Peter's body. You don't Absolutely. need to know any of that to, to read the series. You're probably better off not knowing that. Because what's great is that it is self contained. You don't need to know Marvel continuity and whatnot um, to enjoy it. Because really, it's just focusing on these five loser criminals trying to team up and be. A cool gang and still failing and failing miserably failing very very miserably i was it's like and what i like about it is that it's kind of like a take on like what an organized crime story would be in the marvel universe where there's colorful superheroes and these aren't like these aren't even like cool supervillains they're like they, they, even their identities are super lame so let's, <laughs> let's break them down who who are the superior foes of spider-man all That's right call the book though no, they're not. They're called the uh, Sinister Six. So yeah. for those of you who remember <laughs> the classic Sinister Six, right? We had Mysterio, we had Green Goblin, uh, Electro, uh, Electro, Doc, Doc Ock, um, Sandman. Who were the other two? Rhino. Rhino. Rhino was the original Sinister Six. Uh, it depends. I don't know. I don't know. I just know mostly from that meme <laughs> from this from the cartoon. Oh yeah, Vulture. Vulture. Vulture, Vulture is another one, and uh, Sandman. Yeah. Right. Yeah. But the joke, but the joke of the series is that they call themselves the Sinister Six. You know, there's only five of them. There's only five of them. It's like who, who's like what? Who, who's the secret six member? Like, are we gonna find out reading this? No, there, there is no secret six member. Um, but I, I thoroughly enjoyed this book. It, reading Bendis's, uh, Daredevil like really opened up like that bar that supervillains like to hang out in. Um, really showing like the 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 human side to them. Like even though they're criminals, they're actual people too. And um, I thought this was a cool exploration more within that world as well. So I was like, ah, that's cool. Yeah, and, and it's also it's a very tongue-in-cheek, like, self-aware comedy book. Like, it's kind of poking fun at the ridiculousness of, of the Marvel, like, the, the colorfulness and have these ridiculous characters who or find themselves in ridiculous situations. Right, because I think almost everyone who's a supervillain is, like, some sort of engineer or scientist. <laughs> Yeah, which is which is just crazy. <laughs> yeah, and these are and they're these are from the point of view of like not like the big maker maniacal evil characters. These are just like they're just trying to be criminals, like kind of, kind of regular despite their kind of theatrics or whatever powers. They're basically mm -hmm. regular criminals. Uh, they're just trying to you know land a big payday, and they, even then they suck. Um, and what's cool about it, and what we want to talk about it, is that not only is it funny in terms of writing, but it does a lot of visual humor. Uh, that can only be done in the comics medium, which I thought was super neat. Um, right. And very much it's, uh, you know, funny in a way that only comics can be, doing a lot of visual jokes. We can talk more about that I think, when, we, when we get time to the book. So, so before we get started, let's say who are the characters? Let's go by them. Real All right. So our main character is uh, the Boomerang, is yeah, Boomerang or the Boomerang, a uh, former Mets player who... Got caught up in a uh, uh, what is it called? Uh, it's a kind of scandal. Yeah, it was a, it was a money scheme and a betting scheme. There we go. So he had to throw the game, even though he was uh, pitching the great career. So he ended up being blacklisted from the uh, MLB. 
Uh, from there, he gets picked up by Black Spectre, it looks like, uh, or Zodiac. I can't tell. All these, like, generic villains look the same at some point and ends up becoming the Boomerang. Uh, I've, what, what is the... Because, first of all, we should know... Well, for a leader, what's great? Another, I think none of these, with the exception of the Beetle, who's sort of new, uh, none of these are new characters. These are all characters that did exist in the Marvel Universe. <laughs> and, like, they don't really have to make up how ridiculous they are, because they were that ridiculous. Right. So... Uh, so oh, what yeah, is, they were Thunderbolts. I forgot about that. I think some of them, not all of them, but Boomerang was. So, what is Phil? What is the Boomerang... What is his gimmick, and what is his, what does his costume look like? I think that's what really sells it. Okay, so uh, Boomerang is, like, originally he was born in Australia before moving to America to sound like he comes from Red Hook. Um, he has a bunch of boomerangs all over his body, and he has a boomerang on his forehead. Uh, <laughs> it's very, very silly. Uh, yeah, you guess his gimmick is he throws boomerangs really well. Right, and not only like boomerangs, but they're like specialty boomerangs. So they're like you have like exploding boomerang, gas boomerang, uh, taser boomerang, and like a whole bunch of other nonsense. Mm-hmm. Um, until he upgrades his suit by also getting enough money from robbery to make a down payment to pay for a new suit, which is hilarious because you're like, yo, how do these people get these suits? All right, yep. so that's he's the leader or tries to be the leader and is not as capable as he likes to think he is. <laughs> All right. Uh, who, who, who's, who are the rest? All right. So next up we have is a uh, speed demon. Uh, he is a guy who, who lives to be a jerk. And <laughs> that's, that's the best way to describe it. He lives to be a jerk. Um, he has the ability to run super fast. Um, he's, I guess, a kind of equivalent to Quicksilver in this way. Uh, but at the same time, like, he just talks a lot of junk and is really unable to back it up despite how fast he moves. Yeah, and, like, these are all not nice characters. They're all kind of various degrees of villainy and jerks. But he's, like, the the big the biggest jerk of them all. Yes, yes, he is. All right, so then next up we have his Overdrive, which, again, another character I've never heard of before, who has the ability to make vehicles uh souped up essentially like supercharged yeah um, yeah and they go they give him an origin story towards the end of the run it's like a spider-man villain mr negative we're not gonna go into who he is it's not important he, he uses <laughs> like nanomachines what inject nanomachines in them inject right? nanomachines and they, and they can use the nanomachines to turn vehicles into like you know even like a like a rundown beat up vehicle to like a souped up getaway vehicle Right, but in but in causing to do that, he because like his goal was to become a villain and then have a change of heart and become a hero because he yeah. looks up to the heroes. <laughs> yeah, and they, and they list out like how many Marvel superheroes used to be villains, <laughs> and it's his way of like uh, getting noticed by the heroes. Exactly, it's like, just to be a villain, and it's it's great. Um, and, and I also I, I think. They- uh, no, sorry, I was going to say, I think another, like, very genuine uh, thing is it, as well, is that he is some type of millennial, and he owes a lot of money to pay on his uh, his powers back to Mr. Negative, so that, <laughs> that, was, that was pretty funny, too. It's, yeah, I think I think he's also probably the genuinely the nicest character, I guess, out of all of them. Yes. Yeah, and also, I think he's the only, the only black character, but you can't really tell, because most of the time he's got the helmet on. Right, and, he, and there's a good black reason. Or some sort of Spanish. Yeah, and he, and he gives a good reason why he has the helmet on, which is really yes. 
Okay, and then next up we have is uh, everyone knows Shocker, right? Yeah, I'm um, sure everyone, I me, mean, not really the public at large, but just anyone who watched the cartoon and, and read comics. Right, whoever watched com uh, Spider Man, the animated series in the 90s, or Spectacular Spider Man, or uh, the, what is the other one? Superhero, superheroes, comic show, I, I forgot, whatever. Um, but Shocker is um, an engineer who uses uh these gauntlets that create like seismic waves um which knocks people out and and as a kid i always thought his like ability was like electricity yeah so that and was always he's, got, he's got this kind of signature suit it's got like crisp like stitch like lines all over it it's like a weave of some right. kind it's like a blanket pattern yeah yeah or a quilt and like that's the thing it's like it looks like fishnet stockings all over him right and uh, then uh last but not least we have beetle who is the new beetle because the original beetle became a superhero who was a part of the thunderbolts called uh mac five uh yeah. so this so this new beetle is first uh, a woman and she is the she was a former lawyer uh working in new york so you already know she was a she was a whole she was already evil yeah and is the the daughter of uh harlem gangster tombstone yeah, who is a Spider-Man villain, right? Spider-Man villain. Spider-Man and Luke Cage villain. Yeah, and and she's my favorite character because like, and it's really kind of funny. Her origin is that he rate. It's kind of playing into that like kind of organized crime trope of like you know the they had the mafia princess character, the daughter of the mobsters, and like you like you know watching rewatching Sopranos the same week. This uh, rereading this. It's like the you know the mobsters they want their kids to like be successful white collar professions away from the mob life, but right. they put a funny spin on it in that Tombstone wanted his daughter to do that, but only because like white collar crime pays better than like street crime. <laughs> <laughs> you know, it's like taking the page from like you know all the banks the bailout right. You get much you make much more money ripping off people that way than you do like be a gangster like me. And she's like, no, I want to be a gangster. You know, I want to be a super villain. <laughs> Right, which is, which is and, always so funny. And what I like about it is that she's the one that's she's actually the most confident. Well, she's the only criminal who actually kind of knows what she's doing. Yes, because of her time, uh, I guess, being a career woman, um, she is very good at organizing as well as um, making good plans. Like, her plans are really good. But she works with a bunch of idiots. So her, yeah. plans her plans never go. <laughs> they never go the way that she wants them to go. Yeah, she's kind of like the Gamora in Guardians of the Galaxy. Like she doesn't really have the same flaws as everyone else, but their flaws she's surrounded by a bunch of idiots. So yeah, so that that is our that is our team. Yeah, and the story uh, is you know they had these escapade. Of, they're, like a, they're just sort of an ongoing story, right? They get caught up in this like uh, crime. They're like trying to get like Silvermane's head, right? Yes, that is that is the MacGuffin, Silver yeah. uh, Silvermane's <laughs> head. Uh, can you can you explain to the people who who Silvermane is? So this sums up like kind of the tone of the story and kind of where it falls in genre. Silvermane was a, like an old school mobster character in the Marvel comics, like, and we're talking like you know Sopranos, Godfather type of mobster. Mm -hmm. But I guess somewhere along the ride, he became like a supervillain and. Like, turns like, a cyborg or something. <laughs> and then, apparently, he's still alive, but, like, his head is detached. But, like, getting the head, I, 
is it, it was a little vague. Is it like it gets you respect or something like that in the world? Get, it, yeah, somehow it gets you like he should be like internally grateful to you to the point where like if you find this head, you become the head of the the Magia uh, mafia yeah, family. Yeah, like yeah. Uh, and keep in mind, Silverman is a lot because he's a cyborg, so he, he he's fully aware and he's like talks back. And that's kind of the great, like, ridiculous plot of the story of, like, the Sinister Six get their hands on them, and then all these other players in the kind of New York supervillain underworld want to get their hands on it. And what's great is that if they're not, like, they're not in the underworld, like, monsters, but they're not, like, the supervillains we're used to, it's, like, this mixture of both. Yeah, it was very, very, a very cool uh, blending of the two genres, I, f- I feel. Yeah. Um, and um yeah, it's just so part of it, that's one of the charms already. Like it's just taking all these different genres and making kind of poking fun at the, kind of the absurdity of them and making them uh very fresh. But to go back into it, why it's so good visually is that there's a lot of great jokes and character gags. So let's let's go right to the first so this page, Phil. Because I have it physically. I guess you have it digitally. Yeah, I have it digitally. So let's go to this page, and this is like a great introduction to our characters. Okay. I love this because it tells you about any dialogue, like like tells you who these characters are right away. So what it is is that, uh, so the narrator of the series is Boomerang Fred Myers, uh, and he's trying to basically hold a meeting uh, with with his gang here. And what's great is that you have a narrative caption, and he's talking, but the characters themselves are not talking in dialogue; they're talking in a an icon, like a symbol. In their, in their dialogue bubble. Right. So, like, we got Boomerang. He's speaking, but it's a dollar sign. Mm-hmm. Uh, so you're probably, like, he's probably talking about money. Um, Overdrive. He has a thought bubble. And that's what I love about this cog. They bring back thought bubbles. <laughs> Overdrive. His uh, his thought bubble is... Uh, I guess, oh, it's like a cheat going over a mountain. <laughs> right? So, like, it, it gives you a guess right there. Like, like right away, I had no idea who this character is, but... Not only is he not paying attention, he's thinking about, you know, driving fast cars over mountains. Yeah. Uh, Speed Demon is just sleeping, and his dialogue is just a, a Z, it's the snoring. Uh, Shocker, he's looking kind of like he's got his head and shoulders looking, crushing on Beetle, and his thought bubble has a heart. And Beetle, who's not interested, also not paying attention, she's looking on her phone, and her, her thought bubble is uh, the Twitter icon, the Twitter bird. All right. And yeah, I loved it because it reminded me a lot of uh, Hawkeye, actually. Um, yes, Matt Fraction. I think those uh, were running around at the same time, honestly. Or if not, like really run right after the other, like mm. in close proximity. Right. But it's great because, like, right? It's I think this is a much more succinct, a succinct way of establishing who these characters are, and it's much funnier of not just telling you what their priorities are, what their interests are, but also how they're not paying attention. To Fred Myers in different ways, uh, and this is kind of a recurring thing that in throughout the series that he does. Um, well, I'll try to find some more examples. Is there any off the top of your head? So, uh, God, like um, I'm trying. I'm trying well, to think. you're on the following page, if you can see it. Like yes, uh, I, I have it up. Yeah, Speed Demon. They're uh, at the vet. I don't know. What, I don't know what, what's the scene here. So, so Speed Demon and Shocker are at uh, a pet shop, um, where a little girl is about to adopt a puppy, 
And of course, Speed Demon being the jerk that he is, goes like, hey, you know, when I was your age, I had a dog too. He used to follow me everywhere. I'm gonna call him Skipper. Like, damn, I miss that dog. And you know, one day my mom, she sold him for drugs, you know? <laughs> <laughs> and then and Shocker's like, dude, like, why would you say this to a child? And he's like, oh, sorry, is that too dark? So, you know, so, so Speed Demon, right? This is pure kind of kind of genuine actually he's like yo you think you can name your dog skippy and she goes no his name is going to be inspector and then speed demon's like what that's a dumb name and then he's like that's a stupid name for a dog and the girl goes you're stupid he goes no you're stupid and he goes back and forth with the child and from there he goes you know what i'm robbing everybody who like you just upset me so yeah and then what's great is that the scene the dog makes a sound but the dog has, instead of like a yipe or bark, and you probably put some on non spelled out, mm-hmm. it's just a dialogue bubble, and there's an exclamation point in a stop sign. Uh, and again, this is like a, a brilliant way of using visual language that we know that's short. Like, these visual icons that we know is shorthand for something mm-hmm. uh, behind a concept, and using them as, as a replacement for dialogue. Which is something you don't, it's something only comics would, could do, but you don't see it that often. And uh, I'm kind of I'm kind of surprised why most I'm a little shocked like more comics don't use this to their advantage. I mean, uh, honestly, I think it's because like especially in the day and age where comics, um, we've gotten to a point where like everything needs to be like super serious. There's not really much levity to uh like major series now compared to compared to what it was before. Yeah, there's something I was thinking of is that this really this series really reminds me of. Like, you know, newspaper strips, right? Yes. How they, how they, because you only have so much space and you have to use a shorthand. And it's using that, these visual iconography for, for humor in a way that uh, newspapers could, newspaper strips could back in the day. Funny in comics when they were more, you know, the Golden Age, Silver Age, there was a lot, they were a lot less, they're a lot more silly, right? And more comedy and use that, kind of catching that spirit. Here's another good page. Of uh, just, oh, okay. When he's getting out of jail, getting out of jail, and Fred, Fred, it's got you know another dialogue meeting his crew, and it's a happy face for him. Uh, another crew member is like thinking of a hamburger, right? <laughs> or the dialogue is hamburger, so you, you can intimate that he's talking about let's get let's grab a burger. Person next to him, it's like you see a martini cocktail glass in the dialogue about well, getting a drink, um, mm. and then. I think that's Overdrive. He's talking about a car, but the dialogue is just a picture of a car. Yeah. And once again, it's Beto. It's just, and this is a recurring gag about her in the series. She's on her phone, and the dialogue is just seemed to like uh, Icon. <laughs> that she's probably just liking something on, on social media. So yeah, mm-hmm. I, that's one thing I really love. And I actually remember I ran into Steve Weber a few years ago at a Rose City Comic Con, and uh, he was tabling. I just got to chat with him. And I was asking you about, like, kind of the jokes in the dialogue. He was telling me that he actually would, uh, had to... He, he came up with a lot of that himself. The Nick Spencer... Like, he wrote the script. He came up with the jokes in the script. But in terms of, like, visual gags, I think he, he gave... He let Steve Weber, like, come up with, like, the ideas. Like, hey, let's replace some of this dialogue with just, like, funny funny images instead. Hmm. Oh, that's a good idea. Um, and it really does play with the comics medium well because, like, though it's visual, we get the gist of what is happening. 
because we understand those associated symbols. So, like, it, it works. Yeah, something that occurred to me while we were reading this is that, for whatever reason, I guess the association and maybe the usage of it is that you can only, for whatever reason, you can only get away with something like that in a in a comedy series. Mm-hmm. Like Hawkeye does it, but Hawkeye is a very lighthearted comic for the most part. Right. Guessing, Phil, why? Why do you think that is? Like, why? Why can't you pull this in like a serious like drama? Like, what? What? What effect? If you were to try to do that in a serious drama, what? What effect does that have instead? Or maybe that's why we don't see more of it. Uh, I mean, well, it will lessen the effect of like the of the dramatic tension that's being built. Um. Also, with a dramatic series, we are invested in this world as if it is parallel to ours, almost like this fine line between realism and uh, ethereal happening within it compared to like a comedy series where, you know, like there, there, there are no rules, essentially, like, you know, it's whatever to get the punchline across. Yeah, something I was thinking a lot about is that when you use this kind of visual language, I think it can come off kind of, in a drama series, a drag series, it can come off kind of hokey. Because it's like, it pulls you out of the, it pulls you out of the scene, like when you're talking, because it's not reading realistic. It reminds me of kind of like, um, in a similar spirit, the, the Adam West Batman, right? When they do the Biff and Bam Pow, right? On screen. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and like, it's, it's, when you do that, it pulls you, it, it makes, it's a reminder that you're not watching a TV show. You're watch. It makes you. It's a reminder that you are watching a TV show, right? Uh, and a and a comic. One that's very comic booky at that. I think that's why. I guess something about like the that sense of reality gets broken when you're introducing these like kind of icons. Here's another mm-hmm. scene right here. Another meeting and Beto is on her phone, but there's a. It's a what's a picture plant shooting something. So I like, guess like plants versus zombies or a video game. Okay. And something, I guess that's partially why you don't see this kind of trick used more often, because it only really works in a comedic series. Because that's where, you know, that kind of reality-breaking, fourth-wall-breaking is more acceptable, depending on the tone of, of what you're doing. Uh, here's another great trick that Steve Lieber does, is, again, yeah, I, a, thought, I a lot of thought bubbles. And, uh, <laughs> and a lot of the thought bubbles, they're, they're drawn intentionally way more cartoony and stick figures. Yes. So you want to tell us what's going on? Tell our listeners what's going on in this example, Phil? Yeah, so uh, Libra just got out of 